that. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Um, might just yeah kick it off then. So um, mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks for um yeah for being on everyday dances. Um, yeah. Appreciate you like yeah, uh, making some time so we can do this as we've talked about it for a while now. So yeah. Mm. Um, we were just talking a little bit just before about um, yeah. I guess your different movement practices, and I guess we've known each other probably for like maybe i don't know close to 10 years now I think. Mm. yeah i think we met each other we will we met each other doing that art project at the art gallery of new south wales for the tina seagal this is a contemporary project um mm. and it was and i guess since then i've like seen you um at contact improvisation and i feel that you've just had yeah, I think you just always had like just this really, I don't know, like a real presence that you're really present for it, for the other person when you're dancing um, and a real generous um, yeah, presence in, in your movement um, and, in, and in your dance. And it's just, it's really yeah, lovely to dance with you. And so I just wanted to kind of chat with you about your dance and get to know more about your, your journey with dance and how you, how you started. So yeah mm. um maybe you could start with maybe you could tell us a little bit of like how you got yeah like like what your background in dance is and, and all the different types mm. of movement that you do mm. so i'm a latecomer to the dance um our daughters danced from very young and did ballet contemporary jazz whatever but uh, I never did any dance till I was probably in my 40s, so I'm now 72. Oh, wow. And um, I think, oh, two things. I think I always wanted to dance, but when when I got up to dance with Ellie who, at when we had to, like at weddings or whatever, she said, that's not dancing because <laughs> it always came a bit like martial arts because I have a Tai Chi martial arts background so I've been practicing oh, wow. daily for since 1979 or 80 so about 40 something years oh wow daily practice so that influences how I move I guess mm. well, not guess must do so even in contact I think it's hard to well that's what I bring to it I guess the contact part is really contact and improv came together and that became my dance thing in 1998, I think, so quite late. And it was, I think I just saw some people dancing improv and contact, and I thought, oh, I'd like to do that. And then just started from there, going to classes and workshops and stuff. Oh, wow. So, so quite a while. So you've been doing it for quite a while then, since 98. Yeah, yeah. But really enjoyed doing the contact improv. Like that was kind of at least weekly or, or twice weekly, including with people with disabilities. So that was kind of really interesting to think, okay, well, contact improv can be for anybody. Mm. So quite a few years in the early 2000s, we danced with Sarah. I don't know whether you met Sarah or not. Do you know Sarah Chesterman? No? No, I don't anyway, think yeah. She's been in a wheelchair for 
a long, long time now. And yeah, in those early days, she we tried, we danced with her, and that was uh, kind of for me an important thing about yeah, who can dance? And I guess it's everybody can dance if if people want to, and the, the situation's right. Oh, but I did awesome. really in, enjoy the dance that we did with Tino Segal and the other public art stuff. That was great fun. Yeah, yeah, it was lots of fun. Um, I mean, did you did you want to also explain maybe what, I mean, because there's just maybe, I guess, a few listeners who won't know what um, contact improvisation is. Did you want to kind of just give a quick, um, yeah, brief rundown on what contact improv is? Yeah, so hard to define. I guess I always see it as part of contemporary dance. So it was developed by Steve Paxton and others in the States in the 70s, I think. And uh, it can be very acrobatic or it can be very meditative. And for me, it depends on who we're dancing with and um, and what you feel like doing at the time. And it's both people being responsive to the other person and, you know, what's happening between them. Uh, yeah, it's hard to describe. Um, you you do it so you know <laughs> you can probably describe it more easily no. than I can. No, I mean, well, that's great because, I mean, I didn't, um, yeah, I, you know, I've kind of like looked up little bits of, of the history of it, but, yeah, it's nice that you're able to kind of capture it so succinctly. I don't think I'd... I, I, you know, I remembered about Steve Paxton and about it being in the seventies. You know, even though they're fundamental, you know, parts of of the history of that dance. You know, um, yeah, I think what I remember most about it is about you know sharing that body weight with someone else and and trying mm. to, I guess, navigate two bodies as one, <laughs> mm. almost like yeah, what, yeah. but um, yeah, it's. It's um it's I didn't realize that you you'd done it for so long like it's because I I'd only found it I think you know within the last you know within the last ten years so it's you mm. know it's, it's something that's you know quite still new in my body mm. you know? so it's um and it's nice to hear that journey from like you having that that practice in Tai Chi and then being able to yeah and then finding I guess and seeing um yeah, contact improv and then being, you know, wanting to do that and then, you know, participating in it. And, and also like what you were talking about, about, I guess, dancing with, um, yeah, people with disabilities and then being able to kind of, yeah, like I guess experience, you know, dance is something that everyone can do, which I also, you know, believe in and that, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all dancers, you know, and that, mm. you know, and having that rich experience you're talking about with that, that um, Sarah Chesterman, is that what you, mm. you were saying? Maybe you can't use the name because we're not asking her, I guess. But oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know. But anyway, I, I was thinking about both of us doing contact. So you came from a street dance background, yeah. and that's fairly solo. I mean, I know you do other stuff, but it's like a solo dance, is it? Or yeah, I mean, like I feel it's quite. Well, it's kind of funny because I feel that there's a lot of similarities with contact improv with street dance culture because mm. I feel they're both freestyle, you know, or improvisational in nature. And I feel that a lot of like in a lot of street dance culture as well, that's a lot about 
jamming with people like and mm. so it's this exchange yep, yep. even though it's a solo dance like i feel yeah you know it's all it's i feel it's it's a social dance you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was thinking another another similarity though between um street dance and tai chi or martial arts is that in martial arts or in tai chi and including the fast forms you are responsible for yourself so you maintain your own balance uh all the time whereas in contact improv you let that go so you allow other you trust other people with your weight and they with you with you know yeah kind of thing so it's different what i had to learn was i don't have to be in control all the time uh, i can actually allow something that's unexpected to happen and usually it does it just means that i can still not get hurt too much and there have been injuries over the years but it's kind of yeah yeah it's it's a for me it's a different feeling altogether like Tai Chi martial arts do this even in fighting forms you still you're more adaptable and in speed and in whatever but timing but it's still kind of a a sense of control whereas in contact it's a different kind of relationship no oh, wow trying. yeah I, I, yeah it's really interesting like cuz i i always thought that like i i just imagine that like but if you were like fighting or like if you were aspiring i guess with someone in martial arts that you'd have that freestyle or improvisational nature about it that would just kind of i don't know i imagined it being kind of like a dance but what you're saying is it's quite different <laughs> mm well contact improv is different because you're allowing other people to lead and do stuff and go with what they want to do mm. whereas in in the fighting forms you're trying to redirect while you might be doing stuff it's fast or slow you, you're trying to redirect the energy of the other person to not harm you or whatever to go past so it's it's not using what the other person's offering it's it's kind of rejecting it or pushing it aside oh wow yeah and Whereas, go okay i know i was going to say it's because it's really interesting like i was actually looking into tai chi classes at one stage do you is it something that you also teach then as well you've been doing it for so long uh, i used to teach so in about in the early 2000s i used to teach a tai chi class to dancers including some of the uh maybe some of the people you know or not and that was fun and i did that for a couple of years i think i had five classes then of different people not all dancers some bush regenerators and some other people and then had a long break from teaching except I used to teach at ASIC the the um contact convergence that used to happen almost every year but more recently I think in Sydney before we came up to Newcastle I was teaching for 5 or 6 years a group or two groups of older people mostly women hmm. tai chi and that was really different but I learned a lot about you know what bodies can do or not do and what people want out of the class whether it's just the movement things or the social connections or whatever so yeah was, so i've been teaching on and off for 20 years out of the 40 something years of practice but um yeah different different people different learnings for me and for them i guess yeah it's great 
is there is there a difference to how you teach say younger people to how you teach older people or it's kind of I the think, same or? yeah i think this it's what i found was that uh, to teach the long forms of tai chi it's much quicker with younger people and for, with dancers so they can people just pick it up and oh yeah we can do this and then they do it and they can remember it whereas older people don't practice maybe the younger people might not have practiced either but they can still remember whereas the older people don't practice and they come to class and they just want to follow and go through it again so it mm. takes a very much longer time to learn the form so the long form that i teach wu style 108 form yeah it takes years to learn it but the people are still happy to come and practice every week oh, wow. um, Whereas with other classes, when I started teaching, uh, people seem to, it still takes a while, but, you know, after a year, people kind of know the form themselves, sort of, whereas older people don't know it, but they're happy to do it. And is the idea that, like, once you get these 108 forms that, like, you steps. can then, steps that you can then improvise with it is it or, or oh no see that's the thing I, i'm really happy with people to improvise and make up their own versions of it but some other teachers are much stricter and say no you have to hold your hands in this position you always have to you know be like this and whatever so uh i think if it enriches your movement vocabulary mm. and gives you more better balance and whatever see how i'm slouching now that's what and sit up straight. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's. I'm, I'm really happy with people to to use whatever they learn and adapt it. Yeah. Whereas other people saying you've got to learn it very correctly, and and they'll you know keep correcting you until you get it right. Whereas my best teacher, who I was with for ten years, Tachi teacher, he would say, "Oh, next time you'll get it next time," and he sort of didn't. He just said. Yeah, just encouraging, but not, not, yeah. um, not correcting to this point of okay, you've got this wrong. You're not going to go onto the next thing till you've got it right, kind of thing. Yeah, and that's great. But some people like that correction. So yeah, and then just I guess how did you? Because we were just talking, I guess, or you were talking about like public art and dance. How did you your trajectory kind of go from? Um, yeah, from Tai Chi to contact into um, public art and dance and, and yeah. those types of things. So I guess there's always some element of performance and display in Tai Chi anyway and in contact improv often did showings for people as well as people watching or witnessing what you're doing. Um, but the public art thing, I think, I think somebody asked me to, I think the Tino Cigar one in 2014 might have been the first one I did. Um, and somebody suggested I audition and I thought that's a great idea. I'd love to do some. Oh, actually, no, I danced in the art gallery before that at a private gig and then oh, wow. somebody said, oh, there's another one coming up and we were doing contact improv then mm. and uh, somebody said, oh, yeah, it's another opportunity, and and uh, yeah, tried out and it was great fun. Yeah, so, yeah, I've done quite a few public art things since then because I think it's and sound art things and whatever because I think it's good fun. 
<laughs> that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, it's kind of funny because I just felt that you'd been around that scene for like for a while. You just seemed to, I don't know, it just seemed quite natural, like with how you were placed. I thought maybe that you'd done like acting or like um, mm. more improv- improvisational, like I guess, well, I guess you'd done improvisational movement. But yeah, it's really mm. nice to hear. I guess that, yeah, like how it was just so, I guess, spontaneous or sporadic, I guess, coincidental mm-hmm. with how that, um, how that kind of arrived. Yeah. And what was some of the other public art dances that you did after um, the Tina Seagal piece? Um, was it dance or other stuff then? I think I worked on the Marina Abramovich thing, but that wasn't dance. That was just escorting people to do stuff. And and how was that? Yeah, it was good because it was, um, yeah, I liked the setting and like putting people to bed in camp beds was kind of fun and getting them to go slow was, yeah, also good. And so did you want to just describe what the what the artwork was about and then him Marina Abramovich is for people who might know? Just a quick so, she's into long duration things. Uh, the one that she's most well known for is the mutual gaze thing. So people look into mm. each other's eyes for as long as they want to, kind of. Yeah. And that, I think that was one of the ones that we made available at wharf whatever it was yeah in sydney and i think you were there once or twice or something in fact i thought yeah anyway um the other ones was like counting i think she got she she got all these different activities from some people might say stolen but anyway she got them from different experiences she had so she had this one of counting a pile of white rice and black lentils was mixed together and mm. the idea was to separate them and count count each piece. Yeah. And people sat and did that for ages. Another one was walking as slowly as you can along this long kind of stretch in the hall. Yeah, a few different things. Another one was staring at colours. So, yeah, but the, the emphasis is on long duration and people had noise-cancelling headphones on for that particular oh, wow. activity. And how was the experience, I guess, compared to some of the other things that you've done before? Like, I guess, you know, some of the other movement things like and Tai Chi and, yeah, all those different experiences. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was, I think it was good because it allowed uh, a different kind of, connection with people that they were actually well they were kind of restricted in kind of sensory things like you know they couldn't hear uh and needed but we were able to still connect with them and encourage them to do stuff that maybe they wouldn't normally do even if it's for a short time so maybe that's different to performing or doing dance but it's still good fun um yeah anyway so you felt 
um, like just connected with the people that you were kind of escorting around, is it? And or... Yeah, both with them but also with the other, I think there were 50 facilitators employed for that and lots of them were dancers anyway, mm. or maybe half. And so we had to do the activities as well as lead people in them. So it required us to be able to walk really slowly and, you know, look in people's eyes for as long as they wanted to. And, yeah, so it changed me or us as well in that. How did it change you, you felt? Uh, I don't usually look in people's eyes very easily or often. Yeah. I don't know whether it's a cultural thing or whether... Uh, home learning thing or whatever, but that became really easy. And also it became like also fun, like to get to know somebody by looking at these in somebody's eyes for a while. Mm, yeah. It's pretty powerful really. Yeah, definitely. And do you feel that, I mean, it's funny that I guess it was mainly dancers that were employed in that, you know, because I guess it fits more. I guess, a performance art framework. Mm. But do you feel that that changed your understanding of maybe of what dance is or movement or mm. like, yeah? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't thought about it quite like that, but as, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess in improv dance at least, maybe not in contact you, we often play with, whether people are looking or not, and we talk about peripheral vision, mm. but it, to look directly at somebody and focus that way, yeah, it isn't that common, but it's kind of good to be confident to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I just, um, I mean, I'm, I imagine that like from your Tai Chi practice, like you would be used to like, being quite present and doing things slowly, like I think. Ramovich mm. like was you know that show where she, the performance that she had where she was looking directly opposite someone was called I think the artist is present mm. and you know so yeah I was just kind of curious I guess because for myself as a street dancer I think it's it's quite different but I feel like it's yeah it kind of maybe ex- expands my understanding of dance as well you know and that and and of movement you know and and that. You know, I guess, yeah, that maybe we can just be opposite each other and that can be a dance as well. Mm. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious as to kind of, but maybe you have a, already a much broader, a more open mind than, than myself. So I was just, yeah, curious about that. But on mm. yeah. the, the eyes closed and the gazing one is interesting too, because I remember doing push hands, which is the kind of beginning of a fighting form in Tai Chi with somebody once. And we so one of the things that we often practice in Tai Chi or in pushing in push hands is to look into the other person's eyes to notice what's happening there at that level, as well as sensing everything else. But another practice mm. is to close your eyes and just to feel what we might do in contact. Oh wow. Well, some people find that really difficult to do. Like I remember trying to do push hands with somebody once and he wouldn't close his eyes. It yeah. was too difficult, a level of vulnerability or a level of something. So, yeah, wow. 
Yeah, but you can so you can get a lot from either gazing or noticing everything or not looking at all. Yeah, that's really interesting. And like I guess how we're all different, like we're all wired differently and we all have different <coughs> I guess maybe vulnerabilities or we have different mm. things that we're find difficult and challenging. Yeah. Um and you mentioned as well that you I guess before we started talking that you also did apart from contact improvisation, but you also do improvisational dance as well. Mm. And how did you start? Um, yeah. How did that kind of form in, in your dance journey? Like where did that kind of start? Mm. Um, two different ways, I guess it was an offspring of contact improv anyway. Some people like to do dance that wasn't in full contact and weight bearing mm. and, some purists within contact improv say, okay, well, that's not contact then. We have to call it something else, so we call it improv. <laughs> yeah. But contact improv people often do it. And then I also did this other thing called interplay, which has elements of storytelling, uh, voice singing, improvised dance, something else. Anyway, kind of lots of different things. And... Uh, yeah, it was a part of that. So we did quite a bit of what what I got from interplay and from improv dance was more that you can do stuff with more than one or two people. Mm. You can do the whole group can do something and make it up on the spot, so mm. people can learn to follow each other just like that and do amazing things. Whereas it doesn't, it, it can happen in a contact jam and does sometimes, but not so often as, you know, as improv. That's great. So it's like a, it's, so it's more people are improvising, improvising together as kind of one collective unit. Yeah. 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 You know, there's those activities where people practice going across like the school of fish or the flock of birds where somebody leads in front. And then when that person changes you, the whole group changes. But this happens um, in an improvised way, so nobody knows what's going to happen. Then suddenly you'll pick up something from somebody else and then lots of other people might pick it up and you do things in relation to that, which okay. is pretty exciting. And so is there like it's is it ever scored like this person will then no. do something? So it's just, yeah. No. I guess in an exercise you could score it and so give people t- chances to lead and stuff, but... In an improv session, yeah, often it's not scored. And did you find that like quite soon, like after you discovered contact or was it like quite a bit after? Yeah, it was was kind of parallel, I think. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, I guess because you said you started in 98, you said doing contact. Mm. So you've been doing, I guess, um, improvisational dance as well for quite a while then. Mm. Since then. Oh, cool. And and so is that something because you said, I guess it, um, at the beginning, like how you were, or like you felt, unco- I'm not sure if you did this exact, your exact way, but you felt a bit comfortable dancing or that you something that you wanted to do. And then, so then is it something that you felt like, like dance was then, because you seem like quite natural now, like when you're moving and you're dancing, is it mm. something that you felt just naturally kind of came to you then or was there? I think that so the movement was always easy enough 
And I think like the issue I think I mentioned before about letting other people lead and do things, trusting the other person was a new thing. Mm. But the um, actually moving wasn't difficult. What was difficult was is this dance or not? So oh, it, it okay. took me a while to accept that what I was doing was actually dance. So when you make stuff up or, or anything, contact improv is regarded as dance, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you were kind of like, it was like a type of, like you were kind of self-judging, is it? Like, is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I think going- so. I think uh, maybe self-judging, but also <coughs> other people looking on and saying, are you dancing or are you still practising you know your exercises or something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm dancing then. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think not really. I think the main thing was for me accepting one. You know, whatever time it was, I don't remember. There wasn't that kind of one moment. But actually, I can call myself a dancer now. You know, after I'm been a mover and a you know Tai Chi practitioner for a long time, but. At what stage could I call myself a dancer? And I think that mm. came a bit later. And it was through contact improv, having some experience in that and having some credibility in that, that I thought, okay, well, I'm a dancer, why not? Yeah. And maybe that, that's why the Tino Segal and all that stuff came easily because I was already a mover uh, and then people, and then I could say, okay, well, I can dance, I can do this stuff too. And what I got out of those, well, there's two turning cigars, wasn't there? We did one a repeat later on, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, just a few years ago. But yeah. what, what, I, what I learned was, oh, I can copy this other person doing that stuff, you know, like Ryuchi on the wall or, you know, or you doing yeah. your stuff or whatever. Kind of it's yeah, getting that. That was kind of improvised but not, I mean, very structured but also improvised. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, that's really nice. Like I think there was a definite. Like, like you said, you know, I think that's what happens in the street dance. Like there's a jam and there's this unspoken language that kind of, you know, happens between people. And then, you know, through that, I think movements and vocabulary is kind of formed. And yeah, this, this, this movement language kind of happens, you know, naturally, mm-hmm. which was, yeah, which was really nice because I felt like the energy was really different each time there were new dancers that came into they came into the circle and, and, you know, you'd have to interact with different people. Mm. Was there, um, was there, apart from the Marina Abramovich one, were there um, any others that really stood out for you as well in terms of those, like kind of art, art dance works? Uh, the others weren't art, I think. We did, I did some sound things with uh, Julian Day and what do they call themselves? Sonic Sound or something. So we did some stuff in the uh, MCA in Sydney. Mm. We sang to paintings. So we stood in front of paintings and sort of hummed whatever we felt we wanted to hum. And sometimes we'd do it solo or sometimes somebody else would come up and hum with us and Mm. it could be in harmony or discordant or whatever. And then sometimes other visitors, patrons, whatever in the gallery would come and join us or not. Might, they might just stare or they might come and join us. Oh, wow. And the whole room might be humming. Yeah. Or, you know, kind of, yeah. That was great fun. We did that a couple of times. Um, and the same group was Luke and Julian. I forget Luke's other name. They We did, we had 
upside down kind of rice bowl sized bowls and we moved them around Martin Place and they sounded like kind of tinkling bells. We sort of kicked them yeah. or slid them. And we did that kind of as a sound exercise. That was good fun. Uh, and the other the other public art things I think was Asad Raza, but that was completely different again. That was in carriage works where we I think there was a like a foot of soil in this building and we we raked it and did stuff and took people through to see other artworks that were kind of embedded in that space. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah, visual things or, yeah, other things. It sounds really, like, um, sounds really interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's really nice, I guess, like these different, yeah, ways of experiencing, like, yeah, art, like whether it's a meditative practice, like through Rina Gramovich's things or like Julian's humming artworks. Yeah, it's really, mm. it seems they're really engaging and interesting ways to, yeah, to be in a space with others. Um, mm. I, you were talking before as well about, um, oh, I'm just trying to remember now. It's just interesting, you're talking about like contact and like your, no, it's just gone out of my head now. But there was something <laughs> after wet for it to come back. I can't remember mm. now. But it's, yeah, it's just really nice to, I guess, yeah, just to hear about, I guess, like, yeah, like your journey from like movement in Tai Chi and, yeah, through to dance and, I don't know. I, I think that's what it was. I was actually like, yeah, thinking about like, because I, I don't, I haven't really practiced martial arts before, you know, at, at a, you know, in, 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 in depth, you know, just probably skim the surface of a few things. But I always, I guess at the moment, like I kind of see <laughs> like sport or martial arts and, you know, movement, you know, sometimes is dance. So it was really interesting. Like when you said that, you saw your finally self, you saw yourself as a dancer after you had done contact. And, and you, you know, in the way you were talking in the beginning about martial arts being quite different from dance in the sense that you're rejecting like that energy or someone else's energy, as opposed to kind of in dance where maybe you can go with that or accept it or mm. I was just wondering, yeah, like, like how, like, like, I guess, yeah, like how you, do you still see martial arts as quite separate or like the dance or is like, how is your understanding of like what dance is? How has that changed, I guess, since like mm. you've, you know, and, and it's funny because you also said um, being a mover and being a dancer and it sounded like they were two separate things. So I was just, mm. you know, and it's really, I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I always kind of think of the two things as the same. So I was just wondering yeah, mm. if you could kind of just share like what you, yeah, like your yeah, your understanding of those, like like mm. what a mover is or what a dancer is, and how those things have evolved for you mm. during yeah during your practice. Mm. I think I use probably don't use the word mover much, but I think it's only in the acceptance of myself as a dancer that. So if somebody says, "Oh, what do you do?" And I can say, "Oh, I'm a singer, and uh, and I'm a dancer." So, and then then they ask, "What kind of dance do you do?" Whereas if I just say oh, I'm a mover, then that is less useful for people or they don't 
know what to ask then. Everybody moves kind of thing. Mm. But the the closeness between my Tai Chi practice and dance is yeah, it's quite close. So I don't do any competitive fighting. Mm. I used to do some push hands with people, but usually in a playful way. And you know, only been a couple of times when somebody's very competitive and wants to win. Mm. And yeah, that's a whole different dynamic. But um, that Tai Chi push hands practice can be very mutual and very well contact improv like so you can do the same practice and i do that with contact people sometimes who've done tai chi and we just play with push hands because it's yeah it's a similar receiving and yielding and pushing and receiving kind of so the flow is quite similar um in relation to being the mover dancer thing, I think probably it's just my acceptance of at some stage. Actually, your name of your series, Everyday Dances, there's a, a woman, Jess, and I've forgotten her other name, in Newcastle a few years ago. She did photos of people who weren't professional dancers. Mm. And I think all our family got photos of ourselves then um, in dance poses. And she called her series Everyday Dances. So oh. <laughs> I think yeah. she's gone to Tasmania now. I don't know. I haven't, we haven't had contact for a long time, but, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. It's really nice. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's been really nice talking to you and just like, I guess, like, yeah. And I don't know, like just, uh, you know, it was your birthday and, you know, and then you had all your friends like send you clips of, um oh, dancing. Yeah. like yeah that was really nice and it just seems that like dance is really interwoven in your life um mm-hmm. and and you know and like whether that's through movement or martial arts but it just seems quite natural that yeah like you're a natural mover and dancer you know and it's um and like whether you've only started dance like you said like later on in life but it's something that's that is you know really i feel it's still it's very a soulful thing, you know, and it seems that you really embrace that. So, yeah, really, yeah, really grateful that you were able to kind of have a chat um, today, you know, and, and talk about mm. your experience with dance and movement. Yeah. Mm, yes. Well, thank you for asking me. Yeah. We have another crossover with uh, clapping, you know. For <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, did you want to yeah um, talk a little so bit just, about that? So just quickly, so when uh, Faraz and Tom, I think, came to Newcastle to do clapping for beginning of last year, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah, or year before, whatever. Anyway, um, so clapping is street dance but based on soccer, football, mm-hmm. and they needed four people up here so that, that they asked me, I think because – Somebody knew that I'd done public art stuff, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or we played around at one of their workshops and, oh, that's right, because they did some contact with Faraz, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, and, wow. And then they asked me to be one of their four local, what do they call us? Not reserves, but anyway, their helpers. Yeah. So we helped other people learn clapping at this kind of workshop. One of them was rained out, unfortunately, and that was great fun. So I found that 
harder because all these other young dancers could just pick up these moves really quickly. I could do the soccer parts, but translated into the kind of dance part was harder. Yeah. And then we had to teach or encourage other people to do it and show them if they were having difficulty when the, whatever 60 other people came and did the workshop. And, yeah, that was great fun. And then the, the whole atmosphere of the battle and the smoke bombs we lit off and all that stuff, like a soccer game, and dressed up in soccer gear. And, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, great. A great introduction to dance in Newcastle. Yeah, that sounds great because, um, yeah, I've I, I known um, for us through the um, street dance scenes and so remember him coming back and saying that um, he danced with Joe and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And so it was, yeah, re- really nice to hear about, yeah, I guess crossing over into the street dance world as well and, and with your practice. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and shout out to Faraz. But, um, yeah, uh, that's really cool to hear about your pro- that project because I never really got to hear too much about it. Just, mm. um, yeah, just bits and pieces. And, um, yeah, thanks again for, um, yeah, for mm. being, um, yeah, being here today and coming on the show. Um, Joe, it's been, yeah, great having you on. So, um, yeah, mm. wishing you all the best. Is there anything you want to say before you sign off? No, that's all I think. Thanks for asking me. All right, no problems, Joe. Well, um, okay. just end it here. Yeah.